This is the Photography Podcast on Photography.ca, episode number 124, Luminosity Masks, an interview with Tony Kuiper. Hey there, photo lovers. How's it going? And welcome to the 124th photography podcast on photography.ca. My name is Marco, and as usual, we're coming to you from Montreal, Quebec, Canada. For today's show, we're going to talk about luminosity masks, and we're going to do an interview with Tony Kuiper. And really quickly, uh, luminosity masks are another way uh, to process your images using a free software like GIMP or using, you know, a software that uses layers like Photoshop. But before we get into it, I always like to thank people for uh, their comments on our last podcast, number 123, where we did a trigger showdown, the uh, cactus versus the pocket wizard. And I'd like to thank Mike Bonds, Lucy72, Jimmy Brown, and Darnell B for leaving uh, comments uh, directly in the podcast, photography.ca forward slash blog. Favorite way to get uh, comments. Thanks so much. And of course, I'd also like to thank the camera store, the largest camera store in Calgary, Alberta, Canada for sponsoring this podcast. I think this podcast might be really interesting for those people who are just interested in learning about post-processing because it's a way to learn about what's coming. So the interview is 28 minutes long. Let's just get right into it now. So I'd like to welcome a really special guest to today's podcast. Today's guest is Tony Kuiper, and uh, he's a photographer from uh, Tucson, Arizona. First time on our podcast, and uh, he's going to talk to us quite a bit about uh, luminosity masks. But uh, before we get into it, uh, hi, Tony. Thanks so much for doing this. Really appreciate it. Hi, Marco. It's a pleasure to have this opportunity to talk to you today. Tony, you've been shooting for a while. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your photography and just quickly how you got into luminosity masks? Yeah, I'm a nature photographer. I did a lot of work up on the Colorado Plateau in northern Arizona and southern Utah. And um, once I started using Photoshop, I realized that it was a very powerful tool for manipulating color, just like the black and white darkroom is a tool for manipulating black and white images. Um, I'd heard about luminosity masks in a spam email I got for a Photoshop course and started experimenting with them. Um, The real key was... Um, working out the different levels of luminosity masks, and once I had those in hand, I was able to uh, do a lot more with these techniques and now use them extensively in my images. Awesome. Thanks so much. So I actually heard a, heard your name probably about a year ago when I interviewed a German photographer named uh, Michael Breitung. He's an expert in focus stacking. And he uses your techniques extensively to make uh, his images sing. And a lot of people don't process photos in the way that you've kind of learned to process them over the years. So I was hoping maybe we could just talk really quickly about what is a mask and sort of get into it slowly, for those who may not know, how we can use um, luminosity masking to really make creative differences in our images. Yeah, sure. Well, I mean, the masks are a standard part of Photoshop. A mask basically is a black and white graphical representation of a selection. A selection is a is a part of the image that you want to actually make an adjustment to. And the mask is a black and white representation of that selection. Um, the basic rule is white reveals in the mask and black conceals in the mask. So if you put a mask on a layer and there's white in the mask, 
whatever is under that mask is going to show through um, if it's white and what's ever black in that mask is going to be hidden on that layer. So that's the basic concept of masks. Luminosity masks um, are really special masks. They are uh, masks that are based on tonal values in the image. And they're not just black and white. They have a lot of gray in them. And these gray tones in the masks are really the key um, that make luminosity masks an interesting tool in Photoshop. I mean, the gray allows for very fine blending of the selection that's defined by that mask so that there are no sharp edges to the mask. And so whatever you do as an adjustment through this mask, whether it be a curves or levels adjustment or whether it's painting through the masks, it will perfectly blend into the rest of the image. So luminosity masks are just a special type of um, mask in Photoshop. If we could just back up just two secs for those that that explanation may have been even a bit heavy for. At the end of the day, a lot of people don't um, look at the channels part of Photoshop or look at any of the mask-related concepts that are related to Photoshop, that actually Photoshop was built upon. Um, a lot of people, when they just do their editing, when they want to make certain portions of their image lighter or darker, they'll just either make a copy of the layer they're working on because they know working on that layer is destructive in quotation marks. So they'll make a copy of that layer and they'll just make their adjustments directly on that layer. Can we just talk about very quickly how that is very much different from what you're talking about? Oh yeah. Many of the adjustments that I make in Photoshop are not on pixel containing layers. They're on adjustment layers. Adjustment layers um, basically keep the layers below intact and are just a mathematical command to do something to the pixels below. And so these adjustment layers can be stacked up one after the other in Photoshop instead of actually duplicating layers in Photoshop. On these adjustment layers then, a mask can be added to determine which part of that adjustment layer actually gets revealed in the image you're seeing on your screen. Again, the mask is a black and white graphical representation. And what's black in the mask will make sure that um, what's ever on that adjustment layer doesn't get revealed. What's ever white in the mask makes it so whatever is in that layer is revealed. So the combination of the adjustment layer with a mask on the layer, called a layer mask, is really pivotal to getting the most out of Photoshop because um, it's this combination that allows some really fine control of the adjustments you're trying to make. And the way I see part of its power is, and you know, you're obviously looking at this from a, a very, a much more complex um, level because you've been, you've been playing with it for years. A lot of our listeners, I dare say the majority of them, this is going to be fairly new for. Um, so I'd, I'd just like to say that one of the reasons that this tool is so precise and I really think it's like a diamond blade saw you know it's it's just so unbelievable it's because you could actually select areas of the image as you've mentioned based on brightness so let's say you know the highlights are blown out or nearly blown out in your image you can choose even without really looking at the image, you could choose a mathematical selection of the brightest tones in that image. And then you can manipulate 
those tones or the graphical representation of those tones. And that way, you're just able to manipulate uh, the quality of the tones in a much more precise and refined way than you could otherwise. And this, for me, is, is the true magic, is that you could get to the brightness level that you want at the nth degree, either the super, super darks, and you actually have terminology for the masks you create based on the level of lightness and darkness, and we'll, we'll talk about that shortly, but it's this ability to super refine the range of tones that you want to control, and then either change those tones globally or get really in there with a very precise mask that is only affecting those tones and not the dark tones that are necessarily right beside it if it's the light tones that you want to control and that's where the gold is most people i think when they're working you know pixel to pixel destructively uh, they're manipulating the tones beside them in a way less a precise way whereas if you're only targeting let's say the brightest tones and those are the only tones you want to manipulate by using these luminosity masks you get really 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 refined manipulation is that a fair explanation yes i mean and it, it also brings up the distinction between luminosity masks and other masks a lot of the selections and the masks that are made in Photoshop are based on a specific area of the image. There's spatial maps. I want to select the sky. I want to select this cloud. I want to select this leaf. And you either draw a selection around it with a lasso tool or use the magic wand or the marquee tool. And you're making a selection of the image based on some area, some space in the image. Where luminosity masks don't do that at all. They don't, they don't work spatially. They work tonally. And so you are now working at a very different level of the image. You're working on tones. And tones vary across the image. And these luminosity masks take those tones into account. They're not, they're not necessarily confined to just this space. And whether you've got the space properly selected, they're working on tones, and the tones always get properly selected because the tones are, are just in the image itself. And so you're working on um, selections based on the pixels of the image itself, not on some space that the lasso tool is selecting for you. Right. And once people start to work in this way, and likely most people when they start in Photoshop, they don't start working this way at all. But once you start working in this way, it doesn't take long to see the magic um, and the level of precision that you can achieve that is just so much more difficult to achieve uh, old school way, shall we say. Indeed. How do we start, Tony? Let's say someone just wants to start really quickly and get an idea of how to play with this, uh, you know, just to play at a practical level. How should they start? Well, I mean, the first thing to do is to make a luminosity mask, I guess. And the easiest way to do that is basically to look at your, your um, channels panel and um, control click or in uh, Macintosh, that'd be command click on the thumbnail for the RGB channel. And that will create a luminosity selection of your image. And once you have the selection made, then you um, can make a mask of it either on the channels panel or the um, layers panel 
and and you go from there. Fair enough. And it sounds really easy and it's really not that difficult. And um, obviously people are going to want more links. Those are going to be in the show notes. You can also go to Tony's site, uh, goodlight.us. He has all kinds of um, free tutorials that are just, you know, fairly readable. They're really easy to read and understand. Um, but links will go directly in the show notes. So yeah, start off making one mask. And that mask that you make by um, the procedure that you just described, you call that mask the lights mask. Why is that? It needs a name. And basically, that is a, um, a grayscale. Uh, if you actually make the mask of that selection, it will be a grayscale image of the um, layer. Now, that mask also, I mean, it's called lights because these masks taper into the lighter tones. Um, a grayscale image of, um, of, of your composite image um, basically is a positive of the image. And when you look at that positive, you'll see that the lighter the tones in that image, the lighter the gray values are in the mask of that selection. And so it's called lights because it um, selects the light tones in the image. The lighter the tones in the image, the more the those tones are selected by this light selection or lights mask. The lights basically is just referring to the fact that you're selecting the light tones in the image with this selection called lights. And once they're selected, how can we manipulate them easily? How can we manipulate them differently than um, how we were speaking about it before versus pixel-based corrections? You usually use, I'm guessing, either channels or levels. Talk about how you manipulate them a little bit, if you don't mind. Well, I think the manipulation is basically the same. You still have the same tools in Photoshop available to you. You have layer masks. Um, on adjustment layers, you have brushes that you can paint through these selections with, um, and, and those are basically the two ways to um, use any selection or mask in Photoshop. The important thing to know with the luminosity masks is the lights just aren't the end of it. There are a variety of different masks that can be derived from this initial mask, and that's where the, the very fine selections um, come from that are that are extremely useful in manipulating the image. Now we should talk really quickly because it's pretty easy to make one mask um, per photo, but when you have to make many, it does get more difficult. And um, you know, I call it like scut work in a way because you know, let's say you want to target different levels of tonality in your image. When you get into really making fine prints, that's really what we often want to do. We want to make adjustments to the shadows, to the midtones, to the highlights. When we get really, really into it, we want to make uh, corrections to the tones in between the shadows and the midtones, in between the midtones and the shadows at various degrees. And by making these very sophisticated masks. That's the type of targeting we can do. And at the end of the day, that's what's being done, though actually making the masks is a little difficult. So Tony has created actions for this, and um, he spent a number of years creating these actions. Could you talk about the actions really quickly, if you don't mind? Sure. And like you said, Marco, the um, work of making luminosity masks, now we talked about the lights mask as being the initial mask. Um, basically, the lights mask can be intersected with itself to make a more refined selection of even lighter tones. And then that mask, um, I call it the light lights, can be intersected with itself to make an even more refined mask of light tones. That's the bright lights. You can intersect that mask with itself. 
and get super lights and one more intersection gives you the ultra lights. So you have five levels of light selections um, that you're able to work with, but you're doing several keyboard strokes to get that all done. Then there are the darks masks. Now the lights mask selects the light lighter tones in the image. The darks masks do the opposite. And to get your initial darks mask, you basically invert the light selection. And now if you would make a mask of that selection, you have a negative of the image so that the darker tones in the image are now the lighter tones in the mask. And once again, you progressively intersect the darks mask with itself to get the dark darks. Another intersection of that mask with itself gives the shadow darks. Another intersection, the super darks. And then one more intersection gives the ultra darks. There's basically 10 levels of basic masks that you are able to make starting with the initial lights mask. And yeah, it's a lot of keyboard strokes to use those. And you can use these basic masks to make a variety of different masks. You can um, add, subtract, intersect, and get uh, masks and selections that target very specific tones in the image. Um, but yeah, it's a lot of keyboard work. So creating a set of actions is really the way to go because it will make all the initial masks for you. Often putting them on the channels panel is a good um, starting point. And then from there, you can um, load those channel masks as selections and combine them and use them in any way that you'd like. Yeah, they're, you know, the I think actions are the way to go. So people can make their own actions. Tony's created some actions as well. You know, it's it's not a difficult thing to make an action, but, um, you know, if you want the benefit of Tony's experience, uh, they're really not that expensive. I think they're just $10 or so for the, for to make the luminosity masks. And uh, again, it just really helps you uh, to target those tonal areas that you want to change, make brighter or darker, um, or change the contrast also. You know, there's different uh, different levels of adjustments you can make also. We can also even make hue and saturation adjustments, can we not? You can use these masks with any type of adjustment that you'd like to make. If you want to change the saturation of the light tones in the image, then a luminosity mask that targets those light tones is the way to go. If you want to change brightness and contrast, um, curves and levels work out fine. I mean, one of my favorite things is to add some warmth to the light tones of my nature images. And so basically a photo filter adjustment layer with one of the light series luminosity masks works well with that. So you can use any adjustment layer um, once you have the selection of the target tones that you want to adjust. And again, this, uh, this automatic feathering principle is going to be one of the keys. Even though we've actually spoken about it, could we talk about it again, how this is part of the magic gold um, of these masks? Yeah, the grayscale image is not the hard edge black and white mask that you would normally get with a selection tool in Photoshop. Um, these different levels of gray, I think there's probably 256 in, um, a, in a mask in Photoshop, means that instead of having this abrupt black and white edge, it's a gradual gray edge. And so this gradual gray edge is basically a feathering edge. So the light areas of the mask will still reveal the selection, but as the 
grays get darker and darker, it reveals that adjustment less and less in the image. And the end result is that the um, adjustment slowly feathers into the darker tones in the image if you're using one of the lights masks. And so that really you can make a very severe adjustment through these masks and it blends totally in with the rest of the image. There's no halo, there's no sharp edge that you need to go back and touch up. It'll just blend perfectly each and every time because the gray tones in the mask um, are, are doing the blending for you. Yeah, by nature, those gray tones, there's variety within those tones, and, those, and that variety is showing up uh, as continuous smoothness for you. Right, and that variety comes from the image itself. So it's not like you got to figure out what needs to be light gray or dark gray. The image does that for you. It's just, it's just in its pixels. Awesome. How do you like to use them? What's your favorite way to use them, if, if we could ask? I have several favorite ways, um, but by far my favorite way is to actually paint through these selections. So, um, I mean, there's a burning and dodging technique in Photoshop where you create a new layer, um, fill it with 50% gray, and change the blending mode to soft light. And then you can paint black or white on that image to lighten or, to or, or darken the tones underneath. And that's basic burning and dodging in Photoshop. Actually, if I could stop you for one sec, I'd say that's level two, uh, dodging and burning in Photoshop. Because level one is just destroying the pixels using like the dodger burn tool on the layer itself or making a copy of that layer. This is yet a more sophisticated way of doing it. So you make a so you make just a gray layer, 50% gray. Why does that work? Actually, let, let's talk about that for two seconds before you continue, if you don't mind. Well, you have to set that gray layer, 50% gray, to soft light blending mode, and that's really the key. The soft light blending mode um, sees 50% gray as invisible. It doesn't um, change the image at all, so basically it's like putting a transparent layer on uh, at the top of your layer stack. But when you paint anything other than 50% gray onto that layer, if it's lighter than 50% gray, it will lighten the pixels underneath it. If it's darker than 50% gray, it will darken the pixels underneath it. So the soft light blending mode is really the key to making this work um, because it's seeing the brightness of the paint that's applied to the layer and applying that brightness to the pixels below it as opposed to, to actually painting the, that, the black and white onto the image itself. It actually is painting brightness. So now we've created that 50% uh, gray layer. How do we take that to the next level? I mean, you can paint black and white right onto that layer and lighten and darken the images below it. Luminosity masks, though, take that to the next level because you can actually create a luminosity selection and then you can paint through the luminosity selection with either the black or the white paint. So now, just like when you're using an adjustment layer, the luminosity selection is constraining which pixels in your image are going to receive paint and how much paint they're going to receive. As you paint black and white on that layer, it is being feathered in its application so that as you light and darken areas of the image, they're once again blending very well into the rest of the image. So you can be a little less precise with the brush because the luminosity selection constrains where the paint's going to fall on the image and you really can't paint 
outside the lines, so to speak. If you want to paint the light tones and you have your selection of the light tones correct, the paint will just fall on the light tones and feather perfectly into the surrounding pixels so that they don't receive so much paint that they darken excessively to form a halo or so that they don't receive any paint at all. Right, and people who've not done this again, they're just going to so appreciate it because, you know, in creative photography, we always want to guide the viewer's eye. You know, we often want to make white areas less bright and bring out shadow detail. And by doing, you know, often it's the bright areas that I find are the problems very often, you know. And when we use these conventional techniques and we, we burn in those bright areas, we often make part of it ugly gray. And this is just a way to restrict the mask away from those gray tones to get, you know, a darkening without making a lot of those grays too muddy. Yeah, as long as you target your tones correctly um, using either the basic masks or some combination of the masks, um, you can change brightness and contrast and control it very precisely um, with this painting technique. And it's it really is pretty easy to use, I should say, because at the end of the day, we're making like eight, nine masks. So if one mask doesn't work, it's very easy to see at what level the mask is going to work. And if it's not targeting enough tones or it's targeting too many tones, you could just move up to the next mask up or down, so to speak. Yes. I mean, there's all kinds of ways to use these. I mean, um, you can look at the masks on the layers panel, if you, excuse me, the channels panel, if you create them there. And you can sort of pick out which mask is targeting the tones that you're trying to um, target without um, targeting tones that you're not trying to target. So the white in the masks will help you choose which mask can actually be useful in either your adjustment or your painting. Um, but, but I mean, that's the basic start of using these masks. I mean, I'm using the basic masks. I mean, once you get a feel for what these masks can do, you can start combining them very quickly. And it's some of these combinations that really target the tones very specifically and allow the precise control that makes you able to adjust the image exactly the way you'd like to tonally. Couldn't agree more. And I just, you know, started experimenting with this not long ago. And um, obviously, I, I'm keen on doing more and more experimentation. For someone that has even less experience than I, what's a reasonable time investment in this to get sort of comfortable? Let's say, you know, you've, you're, you've used levels and curves, you know, the basic things in Photoshop, and you want to start getting used to this, to masking and luminosity masking. What's a good time investment? Three, four, five hours of play can get you really comfortable with this? What do you think? I mean, you bring up a good point that these aren't a one-click solution to adjusting tones in your image. Um, they're going to require some practice in making the masks, um, and then they're going to take some practice in applying the masks. And it'll be different for everybody. If you're really familiar with adjustment layers, layer masks, and the brush tool and painting, you'll be up to speed very quickly in using these techniques because it is basically just using these basic techniques but throwing in the luminosity selections um, as part of using these techniques. If you've not used masks and layers and brushes very much, you're going to have to practice a little bit more. And it's probably a good idea to practice um, without actually using luminosity masks. Get the layers, brushes, adjustment layer thing down, and then move on to throwing in the luminosity selections as part of that. But I mean, um, yeah, they're an intermediate technique, but 
um, uh, masks and layers, adjustment layers, and brushing are our standard intermediate techniques in Photoshop. But if you're brand new to it, it's going to take some study um, and practice. And, and, and I mean, just starting off with the basic techniques is kind of what you want to do and, and move on from there. Um, personally, I am finding new ways still to use these techniques. And so, I mean, yeah, the learning curve, while not particularly steep, um, can go on and on. And um, sort of each image that you work on, you'll be looking um, at it tonally and seeing if one of these tools might be able to help you. Awesome. I should like to mention as well that although, you know, Tony designed these for Photoshop, I actually did a bit of research and um, you can use luminosity masks in GIMP as well. GIMP is a free software for anyone that doesn't uh, know about it and it's incredibly powerful. It also uses layers and it's completely free. So um, you can easily experiment with this uh, for nothing as well. You don't have to have um, a powerful program like Photoshop to have a good time with this and, you know, really make creative images. The GIMP people picked up on these a few years ago, and there's several threads on the internet about how they've adapted these techniques um, to be used in GIMP. And I'm going to throw some of those links in the show notes. I actually found some, and they're really good. I'm going to throw some in the show notes. Thanks so much uh, for all that information, Tony. Really, really amazing. I know for some people, this is actually going to be a game changer. It, it really is for some people. So uh, I can't thank you enough for uh, sharing the benefit of your knowledge. Again, it was my pleasure to be here. For those of you that may want to take this to the next level, uh, Tony both has tutorials and actions and a whole panel set that he may or may not change um, that you could find out at, all about at goodlight.us. And thanks again to Tony Kuiper one last time for sharing all that great info. You know, Ansel Adams called the print their performance. You know, we take the print and we try and get the best file possible. But at the end of the day, we have to manipulate it a little bit and using luminosity masks is definitely a level two technique to do so so I definitely encourage you to play I encourage you to go through Tony's site goodlight.us there's a lot of free tutorials there and if you do want to purchase some of the automated ways to uh, make luminosity masks uh, I could vouch for their efficacy uh, I was lucky enough to get a complimentary copy and uh, they work fab so instead of spending five to ten minutes per file uh, you know to make luminosity selections you could just do so super quick in a super efficient manner so do check it out if you're into investigating uh, intermediate techniques in terms of assignments on our forum December's been a lax month so far our level one assignment is space and our level two assignment is a diptychs which is putting two images together and uh, a few submissions so far but we could use some more and myself included I'm going to post them uh, this weekend I believe so please feel free to join Join the forum if you haven't already done so. We're a friendly bunch and uh, we love to meet new people. On a personal note, if you're in Montreal, I have an exhibition of my own artwork called Illuminate at the Meridian Versailles Hotel in Montreal, and that's until the end of the year, December 30th, and I'll post a link in the show notes uh, should anyone want to check it out. I'd like to thank the Camera Store again for sponsoring this podcast. The Camera Store is a full-line dealer for an entire range of photographic equipment and supplies. Whether you are a leading professional or new to photography, their expert staff are always ready to assist you in finding perfect equipment at great prices. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. And as always, hope this podcast gave you some ideas that will get you to keep on shooting. Bye for now, everyone. Thanks so much for listening.